Hey Cam. Yes, Alex. Do you do you ever have anything that you do to like, you know, kind of mildly annoy your wife on purpose just for fun? Ooh. Um Yes, and you'll you'll get this because I do it on the show too. Uh I complete sentences with song. So oh, God. So like if she <laughs> So, like, if she starts a sentence with my, I'll immediately be like, name is Mud, or something like that. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> my, my thing is, occasionally, I'll I'll randomly start acting like a bird. Okay. Um, And, and she got really upset with me. She, she actually, there was one time, she, she told me I had to stop acting like a flamingo. Uh-huh. So, so that was it. I, I had to put my foot down. I, I, I have nothing to say. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves Podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how you doing tonight? What's shaking, Beckon? Well, that was pretty weak. I'm tired. Why? Because I haven't been busy this weekend, sir. With what? Stuff. And things? Yes, Carl. Can you elaborate less? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, so you may have heard me mention before, uh, you know, my wife and I are eventually building a house. Well, we're starting that process now and uh, all weekend I've been working on, you know, getting some trees cleared and stacked and burned. That's pretty much all I've done the past two days. So I'm a little bit tired. Um, People may have also thought that we were recording on Friday night and that didn't happen either. (laughs) I was in as bad a shape then as, as you are now. Yeah. So we, Uh, and luckily audible. Luckily for me, your internet was crapping out, so so it was uh, a good excuse. Yeah, that saved me. Yeah, yeah. So we moved to Sunday night, and here we are at nine thirty on Sunday night before the work week for you, the listener, putting together this fine podcast. <laughs> well, here's a question I'm certain you'll have an answer for. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking milk right now. What? Yeah, I'm drinking milk. Swig of milk for the working man. <laughs> Good for bones and teeth. You got heartburn or something? No, I, just, I like milk. Oh, okay. I think that's a that's a that's a first on the show. Yeah, milk's good <laughs> for you. What are you drinking? <laughs> Sorry, that pause killed me. Hey, uh, hang on just a second. Give another pause. I just locked my wife out of the house. Be right back. <laughs> Hang on. I'm leaving every second of this in there. Keep talking, Alex. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, I'm back. We are professionals, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh boy. How happy was wifey? Uh, happy is not a word I'd use. <laughs> There's another story there to why my wife was outside at 9:30 on a Sunday night. Do tell. Uh, she forgot that she was supposed to bring a dessert in uh, for a co-worker's birthday tomorrow morning after we got home, oh, you know, about an hour ago, and she realized, crap, I've got to go to the grocery store. So we got the toddler off to bed, I sat down to do the podcast, and she headed to the grocery store at 9 o'clock at night. Yes. <sighs> and then her, her husband locked her out of the house. Boy, I tell you, Sunday scaries ain't got shit on any of this. <laughs> Man, you know I gotta stay up late putting this show together. You're welcome. Man. It, I, I've gotta get my one curse word quota in every week, you know this. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Well, that's, uh, I'll, I'll probably add to it, because I, I've been drinking something other than milk today. Yeah. Uh, just got home from the local Mexican joint and had a, had a great big Corona Rita. Okay. Uh, that was that was delightful, and uh, at the moment, I've got a uh, a classic city lager from Creature Comforts Brewing out in Athens, Georgia, uh, in my hand with uh, with one right behind it for when it runs out. Swig of beer for the working man. Swig of beer for the guy who's got the day off. Hey, <laughs> hey, speaking of swig of for the working man, that's a T-shirt that we sell. Where can they find that, Cam? They can find that at teespring.com slash store slash chatting average podcast. Hey, support the show and get a cool t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. We have a ton of different shirts on there. We have player-specific t-shirts. We have show-specific t-shirts. All that fun stuff come in all various shapes, sizes, and colors. We also have some stickers, coffee mugs, any old thing you want. And if you see something on there on the store that you don't, or if you don't see anything on the store that you do want, uh, let us know. And we'll see what kind of product we can work with Teespring to get made for you. Yeah. 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 If you want if you want a uh uh what shaken bacon beach towel, by golly, we will make it for you. We can make that dream a reality. That's right. That's what we do here at Chatting Average. We do this for you. <laughs> That's the second time I've told you this so far. Yes. <laughs> As I question my life decisions leading up until this moment. All right. So I was thinking about what we could talk about during the opening this week. And and came up with a with a with a fun, very random sort of talking point for us. So so Cam, uh, take your time here. I'll clip out the dead air. Uh, but I want you to give me your top five sodas in order. So our first picks are going to be our top picks. So uh, so Cam, I'll let you go first. What is your number one all time? Non-alcoholic carbonated beverage. Okay. Uh, so, I'm going to go with one that is actually relatively new. Like, I think it is less than 10 years old at this point. But it's bottled, um, I think, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And it's actually, I think, a Pepsi subsidiary now. But it is Nature's Twist Orange Aid. Um, and it is dang delicious, and it's pretty cheap, too. So I'm not sure how many folks outside of North Carolina have seen this yet. Uh, you can get it in the bottle or a can. They offer a sugar-free, caffeine-free version, which is actually the better version, believe it or not. Um, they also make a, like, blueberry aid, which is pretty dang good. Ooh, but, okay. yeah, 
that has my interest. Yeah, yeah. So if you can find that on the grocery store shelves, oh. it's it's the brand is Nature's Twist, and they they make orange aid, blueberry aid. I think they make a pink lemonade and like a regular lemonade, but it's all very good. Huh. Yeah. Well, I you know I wanted to hate on your pick. Okay. Um, just because you know it's good for the brand. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but for the brand. Um, I, yeah, I I've never heard of it, so that's, yeah. that was going to be exceedingly difficult. Okay. All right. All right. What is your top pick? So, so for my number one, uh, this this beverage is equally good as a, a mixer with liquor, uh, or or just on its own. Okay. Uh, always refreshing. Uh, excellent on uh, you know a morning after you might have had too much to drink. Okay. Uh, talking about ginger ale, there is there is nothing better than a ginger ale for me in terms of a carbonated beverage. Gross. Seriously? <laughs> I I have only ever drank ginger ale when I've been sick, and that's it. Seriously? Yeah, ginger ale is not something that I have ever reached for and said, yeah, this is a choice I want to make. I've got I've got an eight pack of Canada Dry in my fridge right now that I'll I'll just smash like three in the afternoon after I eat a sandwich or something. Good lord, like, what a wild I, man! I love me a good ginger ale. And I know people that do. I feel like ginger ale is one of those things that you either love it or you don't. Like, um, one of my former bosses, she was a ginger ale person. And, like, in the office fridge, that is something we had to keep in stock was little cans of Schweppes ginger ale. Schweppes? Is that right? I, 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 it, I don't know. Is, it, is, it, is, it, is the W pronounced like a V? Is it a, is it a it, Russian beverage? Well, if it's German, it is. It's pronounced like a V. I don't know. I, I I I exclusively stick to Canadian ginger ale. I'm not your buddy, guy. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, so Cam, what's uh, what's your number two top top carbonated beverage? All right, number two. Uh, if not for Nature's Twist, this would be my number one. But then I realized Nature's Twist is just that good. Uh, number two, just a good old regular Coca-Cola. Um, pairs well with just about any kind of food, tacos, burgers, wings, anything. It's just the classic soda. It is the soda you think of when people say soda. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't hate it. It didn't make my list, but I don't hate it. It's it's fine. Yeah, uh, I'm, never, I'm telling I, you, I'm telling you, a, a gas station. I'm never mad at it. A gas station uh, fountain Coke sometimes just hits the absolute spot. Fountain is the way to go. Now there there are certain places where if I go there I will get a Coca Cola and and the first place that comes to mind is Waffle House. I don't know what their ratio of soda water to syrup is, but but for some reason that Waffle House Coca Cola just hits different. It's it's perfect. It's crispy. It's it's real good. Especially. <laughs> Especially at about three in the morning. <laughs> Everything at Waffle House is good at three in the morning. That is a fact, sir. Except for the looks of some of the patrons. Anyway, all right. Uh, what is your number two? So for my number two, I I am I'm an avid deli aficionado. Okay. Uh, and that's that's kind of I have very few gripes about living in the greater Atlanta area. Uh, but one of them is that this place sorely lacks 
in in good delis. Okay. Uh, there there really aren't that many. But when I find one and when I go to a good deli, the only thing I'm even considering ordering with my sandwich is a Dr. Brown's black cherry soda. Woo boy, those are good. I uh I don't like cherry. It's and it I I understand a lot of people when they when they don't like cherry like it, it has to some it'll have a medicinal taste yeah um, and they're like I I'm not a big fan of cherry coke uh but I do like wild cherry Pepsi yeah but, but Dr Brown's black cherry soda is is just on another level it's amazing yeah I'm not a I'm not a big like. There are some cherry candies I like, like cherry starbursts are good, or like cherry like jelly beans, you know, or something like that. I don't mind those, but like cherry flavored sodas, or you know, even like even fresh cherries. I'm not that really big on. Really? Like, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those few things that I'm just not big on and never have been. Like I've tried to like it, and I just I don't know. I just don't. Uh, oh, cherry pie. I was never a big fan of Warrant. Cool drink of water, such a sweet surprise. <gasps> Tastes so good, make a grown man cry. Yes, Alex, those are the lyrics. <laughs> sweet cherry pie! Why, the, why are the roles reversed on this episode? <laughs> why? Because you're tired and I've been drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it usually is the other way around. <laughs> it really is. God. Okay. All right, on to number three. What do you got for number three? All right, number three. Uh, going for another uh, popular answer, I think. Uh, Mountain Dew. I do enjoy a good cold Mountain Dew every now and then. Okay, finally one where we disagree, because there is very little I like less in terms of beverages than Mountain Dew. Really? I never understood the the obsession that people have with Mountain Dew. It yeah. just God, I can't stand it. Now, okay, I, I will say there there are certain drinks. I, I think the top three like obsessive sodas are Mountain Dew, Dr Pepper, and Diet Coke. Like those are the ones that there are particular groups of people that are all about those sodas and nothing else. Like you know, oh I don't need my coffee, just let me have my Diet Coke and I'm good to go. You know those kind of people. Yes. Okay, Mountain Dew has the – I wouldn't say that I'm like that with Mountain Dew, but every once in a while, it's like, you know, if I go to the drive-thru at Taco Bell, I'll get a Mountain Dew, you know. But I, um, I'm not a big soda drinker to begin with, so this is kind of a hard list for me to put together. Yeah, I, I kind of – I'm not a huge soda drink, drinker either, but I, I was I was enjoying myself a ginger ale the other night and thought, hey, maybe this is something we could talk about. There we um, <laughs> but yeah, like, 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 name for me the – the the primary flavor in Mountain Dew. Sir, you, you can't put a label on that good mountain freshness. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's supposed to be some kind of lemon lime, right? Is it, though? I think. Like, Sprite actually, like, you can, you can discern the lemon lime flavor when you're drinking that. Mountain Dew, I get nothing like that. Yeah, I don't know. Can't. Stand okay, me. so if if you <laughs> if you Google Mountain Dew flavor, the answer is citrus. 
That is okay. very not that is very nondescript. But it is known as a citrus flavored drink. I've got another one coming up on my list though that might might get a rile out of some folks. Really? But, I mean not like in a bad way, but like maybe some folks would be like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Interesting. All right. Well, all right. What, what's your uh, what's your number three? My number three is is uh, everyone's gonna have an idea of what I'm talking about. I don't know how many people will have actually had it though. Okay, so you know when you go into a Zaxby's, yeah, how they have the the Coke freestyle machine, yeah, where you can get like like any one of 150 flavor combinations of sodas. Mm-hmm. Um. Every time I'm at Zaxby's, uh, I, I get a fountain drink, and the drink I'm getting is a peach Fanta. Ooh, okay. Give okay. Me, give me some fried chicken and a peach Fanta, and I am a very happy Georgian. I don't know if I've ever actually tried the uh, the peach Fanta. You got to go try it. It's delightful. I know I tried the pineapple Fanta once, and it almost nope. put me through the roof but yeah not 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 so good not a fan it is a very sharp flavor mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is not like when you think pineapple you think kind of mellow kind of sweet no <laughs> pineapple fanta stabs you in the roof of the mouth it is weird <laughs> it is so weird oh boy all right on to number four cam what do you got for number four all right, number four. I'm going a bit old school with this one. I'm going to go with Sundrop. Oh. Oh, okay. Sundrop huh. is a tremendous and underrated soda. Man, I haven't had a Sundrop since probably 1994. <laughs> oh, it my is. God. It is crisp. It is refreshing. It is in zero <laughs> restaurants, so you actually have to buy it at the grocery store. And I, I don't... I don't remember the last time I saw a Sundrop available for purchase. Oh, they're great. They're great. Next time you go to the store, if you see a Sundrop, get a Sundrop. Interesting. That's a that's a good sleeper pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's that's, a, that's some good stuff. I'm gonna have to stop by a gas station to get some, yeah, get a, yeah. Now get a Sundrop tomorrow. Like I might grab a Sundrop on my way to work tomorrow if the gas station has it. Huh, so good, so good. <laughs> All right, what's your number four? I'm pandering to the crowd with number four. I'm going to go with good old Dr. Pepper. Yet another drink where you can't exactly place the flavor. It's it's like... Well, it's got 23 of them. Right, right. (laughs) Eat it, Colonel Sanders. We got 23. Yeah. (laughs) Lord. (laughs) But yeah, good Dr. Pepper. It's... it's Hard one of the uh, one of the cult sodas that I mentioned. It is one of the cult sodas. I'm not I'm not obsessive about it, uh, like I am with ginger ale. But uh, Dr Pepper's a solid one. Yeah. Kid you not, going back to the whole cult soda thing, I had a gym teacher in middle school that drank at least one two liter of diet coke every day. And th- and this is a man that came into the classroom literally drinking diet coke out of the two liter. Teaching us <laughs> about health and fitness. <laughs> I'm that not joking. Uniquely North Carolina. Oh, it was. Although I will say that I, I find that 
there's no soda drinker more obsessive than the Diet Coke drinker. Oh, no. The Diet Coke drinker is on another level. Like, they have to have it with every meal. Yep. Like, I, I feel like... Like I said, that is their coffee in the morning. Like, right, right. Like, if if they run out and they can't get any more, they're, they're, they're scratching themselves in, in the fetal position in a corner somewhere. Like, yeah, they are... They are crazy about it. My my uncle's that way. He's like like morning, noon, and night. Di- a diet coke. Like that's it. Whew, son. Well, hey, if you are a diet coke drinker, let us know. Hit us up on the uh, hotline. Send us a text or hit us up on Twitter. We want to hear your reasoning behind being such a diet coke fanatic. <laughs> All What's right, up? Cam. So you got one more pick. What do you got? All right, uh, number five. It's been a while since I've had one of these, but I do enjoy them. I'm going to go with an orange Fanta. Ooh, yeah, yep. Just just a classic Fanta uh, orange soda. I did not expect to hear multiple orange drinks on on your list. I'm a big orange guy. That's fair. That's fair. Big There's... orange guy. Like, uh, uh, yeah. I, it's Since it's not my last pick, I'll, I'll throw in there as an honor, honorable mention, Sunkissed. Yeah, yeah, uh, Sunkiss is good. I, I'm I'm not well, one that so like, much. yeah. I mean, Fanta is probably the go-to, but honestly, I don't know if there really is a difference between Fanta and Sunkiss. Like, I highly doubt there is. I couldn't tell you. Now let me ask you this: Sunkissed was there first. That's the difference. Okay, okay. Now, what is your opinion on grape soda? Terrible, terrible. Get it, get it as far away from me as fast as you can. I think. <sighs> I, I like grape soda, but it has to be one of those, like, I might have grape soda once a year, but it has to be one of those things where I'm like, we're either at a kid's birthday party or <laughs> we're out to eat somewhere. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't had a grape soda in a while. I'm going to go for it. I, I can't see. I, I really like grapes. Yeah. And, and I like wine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but anything else grape flavored like i'm not big fan of like i like i don't like grape jelly i don't like grape soda yeah uh i can't really think of anything else grape that i'm a big fan of like i mean do you like do you like grapes in general yeah absolutely yeah okay okay Uh, well you know but yeah like if i'm making a a peanut butter and jelly sandwich it's it's got to be strawberry jelly or something Right. Well, I I guess, you know, going back to the cherry thing, I could see somebody looking at grape soda, you know, having a close to medicinal taste also, you know, I maybe like a kind of like a NyQuil situation. OK, <laughs> little, little little scissorp, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. What is your number five? My final pick. And uh, I think. I, I suspect this is one a lot of people don't like because it's it's very different from from a lot of other sodas. Um, like a good cream soda. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cream soda's not bad. It's not something that like I go out of my way to get, but yeah, it's not it's not bad. That's that's you know that's like you were saying with the grape soda. Cream soda is one of those where like I'll probably have it once a year and just every now and then get that get that little. Like, see it on a menu and be like, huh, I'll have a cream soda. Yeah, there you go. And it's 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 just very interesting because you don't expect something carbonated and creamy. Like, those are two qualities that typically do not match up. 
Yes, it is a it is a very different sort of thing. Uh, let me ask you this then: Where do you fall on root beer? Oh, I love root beer. Okay, love it. Well, what's our next segment, Alex? <laughs> do you do you hate root beer? I I'm just not a fan. I'm just really not a fan of it. Come on, like, Marks Marks has bite, man. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, so you're not a you're not a A and W guy then? Um, I I I mean, to me, all root beers are created equal. Barks is just the one that's that's everywhere. Right, right. Um, but yeah, like like I I typically if I'm gonna go for a drink like that or or the black cherry one I was talking about or cream soda, like I'm going I'm I I try to steer away mostly from the larger brands like. The one, the small brands like Dr. Brown's that you find like in delis or or in specialty grocery stores or something like that, yeah. like that's who's cream soda and and root beer and stuff that I want to try. I gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, that's enough soda talk for one day. What do you say we take a look back at this week in baseball history? Let's do it. Hey, do you or someone you love have a beard that could use a little TLC? Well, we've got some good news for you. We here at the Chatting Average Podcast have hooked up with an ambassador for a brand for just about any man, The Beard Struggle. These guys are celebrating all that is man by providing some of the best products around to get your beard ready for the big leagues. They've got everything from beard oils to balms to combs and tons of other great stuff that is perfect for getting your facial hair looking great. Check them out today at thebeardstruggle.com and use promo code AVERAGE15, that's AVERAGE15, to take 15% off of your first order, compliments of the Chatting Average podcast. All right, we're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com, and the week we're going to be looking at is March 15th through the 21st. However, I am going to cheat slightly because today being March 14th, uh, you'll be hearing this a day afterwards, but there's a cool fact for today that I felt like we couldn't overshadow. So, our first fact comes to us from March 14th, 1954. Hank Aaron, filling in for Bobby Thompson, who broke his ankle yesterday, starts his first game wearing a Braves uniform. The 20-year-old from Mobile, Alabama, makes such an impression that the club offers him a major league contract after he collects three hits, including a home run, in the spring training game against Boston. Yes. I'm yeah. so glad we're we're recording today so we could use that one. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't do a this week's segment last week, so that worked out. Now we Perfect. still got the we still got to highlight that fact. Yep, so 71 years ago today, Hank Aaron makes his debut. The the story I read in connection with that and and I'm not sure if it's if it's legit. There wasn't very good sourcing um cuz obviously it was so long ago. Yeah. Um, but, uh, hang on, time uh, out. Did I just say 71 years ago? Yeah, I think so. It was 1954. That was 67 years ago. Cam, you are bad at math. Anyway, you want, you want to just start over since we're on no. the first one? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. okay. Leave it in. Leave it in. It's fine. We'll do it live. Anyway. <laughs> um, but anyway, the story I heard was, um, it was it was some prominent player um, and you'll have to tell me which one fits the time frame. But it was it was like a Joe DiMaggio or a, or a Mickey Mantle type, something like that. Uh-huh. 
who was on the other side of the field in that spring training game uh, and immediately went and told the scouts, like, hey, write this down. Remember this guy's name. You're going to be hearing it a lot from here on out. Hmm. I'm not sure who that would have been. It may, that might have been a Joe DiMaggio, just because Mickey Mantle was, like, lauded from the moment he was drafted. So, it would make more sense for that to be kind of a Jody kind of guy. But, I don't know, I'd be interested to find no, out no, who no, that no. is. What I'm, what I'm saying is that one of those guys saw Hank Aaron hit that Oh! oh and okay. went and told them to remember Hank Aaron's name. Because... Uh, yeah, it, it definitely would have been DiMaggio then. Okay. Yeah, definitely would have been Joe because I don't I don't think Mickey is in the league yet. And even if he is, he is very young. So he's not the kind of guy that would be carrying weight in a statement like that. But Joe D would because Joe D is at the end of his career by 1954. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then that's that's the story we'll roll with. There we go. (laughs) All right. Professionals, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. All right. Our next fact comes to us from March 16th, 1908. Pirates legend Honus Wagner announces the upcoming season will be his last as a major league player. The 34-year-old Pittsburgh shortstop will lead the National League in batting average, hits, total bases, doubles, triples, RBIs, and stolen bases during his final campaign. Going out on top, brother. And uh, Honestly, uh... I don't know a ton in the way of early 1900s baseball history. Uh, but w- when I think of Honus Wagner, the one thing that comes to mind is his baseball card and how expensive it was. Well, so another thing about Honus Wagner that is just very interesting to think about is that. Uh, so we're we're a hundred and we're about to be 113 years removed from his final season. And he is still considered to be one of the top shortstops to ever play the game. That's wild. Like, that's just how absolutely innovative of a player uh, Wagner was. That he is still considered to be one of the all-time great infielders. And he stopped playing well over 100 years ago. I I can tell you from from experience and having having visited there a lot, uh, his name is still all over PNC Park. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's Clemeny and Wagner. And so so he retires at 34 and he leads the National League in just about every offensive category there he, there is in his final season. Like who else goes out just on top like that? Can we start a rumor that Billy was his great-grandson? Hey, did you know that Billy Wagner was Honus Wagner's great-grandson? That's crazy. Right? Oh, my God. I also heard he has, like, five of those baseball cards sitting in his nightstand right now. Uh, we got to go rob Billy. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> All right. Our next fact comes to us from March 17th, 1969. The Braves trade Joe Torrey, a spring training holdout publicly feuding with GM Paul Richards, to the Cardinals for 1967 National League MVP Orlando Cepeda. The all-star catcher infielder will play six years in St. Louis, compiling a 308 batting average for the Redbirds that includes a major league leading 363 batting average in his 1971 MVP season. So, the Braves traded away Joe Torre, but we did get Orlando Cepeda for him, so. I'll take it. 
That seemed to work out well. Yeah. Do you think can we're we at can the... we trade Rob Manfred for Joe Tory? Do we want to? I I'd, I'd make that trade. It'd be worth a shot. I mean, you know, we wouldn't there's... be getting all these crazy experimental rules that are just tearing the minor leagues to shreds right now. Yeah, but you know, devil you know versus devil you don't know. Yeah, that's fair. That's our argument. Ken Griffey Jr. bust. All right. Our next fact comes to us from March 20th, 1975. We have a baseball! A rare spring training brawl takes place when Rangers second baseman Dave Nelson takes exception to the two brushback pitches thrown at him by Yankee Southpaw Mike Wallace in the seventh inning of an exhibition contest in Fort Lauderdale. The trouble begins early after Jim Bibby's first pitch plunks leadoff hitter Elliot Maddox who had angered Texas skipper Billy Martin when he told the local press that his former manager, quote, had a habit of lying to his players, unquote. <laughs> Put the app away, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> a brawl in spring training. <laughs> you know, great. We just don't see that enough. No, we don't. It's like, hey, you know what makes baseball that doesn't count more exciting? Dude's fighting. Let's yeah. get it. I I mean, baseball could learn a lesson from hockey here. Ooh, ooh, idea. There yes. should be there should be a clause that if you at any point during spring training knock another player out cold, you get put on the opening day roster. Oh, okay. If at any point during spring training, you straight give someone the old one-hitter quitter, guess what? You're playing on opening day, my friend. I, I love it. Let's do I mean, it. I mean, I feel like we all wanted to see Michael Harris get a shot in the bigs this year. So, you know, just last day before he gets sent down to Gwinnett, just, just send him out there to go knock somebody out. Just, what was that? God, my life's falling apart right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you know what doesn't fall apart? AstroTurf. Our last fact comes to us from March 21st, 1966. In a spring training game in Houston's Astrodome, the Dodgers and Astros become the first major league teams to play on artificial grass. The material, which will become known as AstroTurf, was developed by Monsanto to become the team's inability to overcome the team's inability to grow grass indoors. <laughs> so there you go. AstroTurf. Fun. Uh, f- 55 years ago this week. Yeah. And hopefully sometime in the next year, I'll, I'll fill my backyard up with it. Yeah, there you go. Artificial grass. I just want to be able to let my dogs out and have them not just destroy the house when it's raining. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, you got more rain coming in this week? Yes. Yay, me too. Got spoiled with like five nice days, so have to have another three weeks of rain. Oh, I think we hit nine days here in central North Carolina without rain, and it's been great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm looking at it, and it starts tomorrow and goes for five straight days. (laughs) Well, that has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back to preview the AL and NL West for the 2021 season. 
If you or someone you know has a small business, you need to check out the creators of ChattingAveragePodcast.com, Goat Web Design. These guys have everything you need to get your small business up and running with an awesome online presence. They'll create your mobile and desktop-friendly website quickly and affordably with responsive service, and most importantly, it'll look amazing. Check them out on Twitter, at Goat Web Designs, on Instagram, at Goat Web Design, or on the internet at GoatWebDesigns.com, and tell them the guys from Chatting Average sent you. All right, so as we mentioned last week, for the next three weeks, we are going to be taking a look at divisions around the world of baseball to give you a preview of their 2021 season uh, and get you updated on what they've done in the postseason. So we're going to start with the AL West, and we're going to go from uh, from last place finish last year to first. So, Cam, tell me a little bit about the Texas Rangers. All right, so the Texas Rangers finished the 2020 season with a 22-38 and 38 overall record finishing 14 games behind first place within the division. Um, not a great year, kind of a letdown year. I think people expected more of the Rangers last year. Um, yeah, they but, made a lot of big moves going into the season, uh, put yeah. together what looked on paper like it was going to be a fantastic pitching staff, but just nothing came together for them. Yeah, yeah. On, I mean, on paper, it felt like, well, <sighs> The pitching staff looked good, but I think there were still some holes in the in the offense. And I think wasn't their biggest move going into last year, Todd Frazier. <laughs> like, like remember no, at one point? No, wasn't wasn't Lance Lynn going into last year? No, they had Lance Lynn already. They'd already picked him up the year before. He'd been there a couple of years, I thought. Had he really? Maybe. I don't know. But no, remember they were like supposedly in on a bunch of different players. And then it was like Todd Frazier. <laughs> the Todd father. Oh, geez. <laughs> Fly me to the moon. Oh, right. So some some key departures from last year's Rangers team. Uh, you may have heard Shin Su Chu. Went back to uh, to the KBO, so he is uh, he is out of Major League Baseball. Uh, well, well, time will only tell if he's coming back or not. But uh, not going to see him in a Rangers uniform this year. Uh, lost utility man Derek Dietrich, uh, starting pitcher Corey Kluber, uh, shortstop Elvis Andrews, and and starting pitcher Lance Lynn. Yeah, um, not great. <laughs> No, no, and they didn't—they didn't really do a ton to uh, to to bolster their their lineup and rotation. They—they uh, they did sign pitcher Ian Kennedy, uh, Mike Fultonavich, old friend. Yeah. Uh, fielder Brock Holt, uh, another old friend, utility man Charlie Culberson, uh, and picked up Chris Davis for uh, for the DH spot. But none of that leads me to believe that they're going to do any better than they did last season. Yeah, I don't. The AO West just is not a great division. I mean, it's it's really not. They had four of their five teams finish with a sub 500 uh, record last year. I, I mean, it's it's not the worst division in baseball. No, I, it's not. I, I it's think not. We can all agree that 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 title goes to the NL Central, but. The AL West is pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. The AL West is not great. Uh, Speaking of not great, our next team, the Los Angeles Angels. (laughs) You know, I I could see the Angels 
making a little bit more noise this season than they did last season. Yeah, so the Angels finished with a 26 and 34 record last year, 10 games behind first place. Um, I think people expected again too much of the Angels last year, especially after signing Rendon um, going into the season. I think that was like, oh, look at the Angels, they're doing stuff, but they completely forgot to actually sign any quality pitching other than Julio Tehran and did nothing again. Like pitching is just going to continue to be the question mark for them. It is, but. But if you look at their their offseason additions, their their lineup's going to be very good relative to what it was last year. I mean, you got you lost Andrelton Simmons, who is obviously one of the best defensive shortstops of of our generation. Yeah, uh, but not a great hitter. Uh, replaced him with Jose Iglesias, who they picked up from the Reds, uh, who I think is a much better fit as an all-around player. Certainly doesn't have the glove that Andrelton has, but uh, a much, much better bat. Yeah. Uh, and then picked up Dexter Fowler and John Jay to fill some outfield spots around Mike Trout. So so you've got a decent-looking lineup. Um, the, 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 they added a couple of starting pitchers. Uh, but the starting pitchers they added were Jose Quintana and Alex Cobb, who are kind of hit or miss guys. So uh, I, I don't know. I'd, unless you have Shohei Otani come back from from his injury and and just throw a Cy Young year, uh, that pitching staff's still in trouble. Yeah, which is which is a shame. Like it's a, it's incredible to me how season after season this team has the has a huge glaring issue and it just doesn't seem to be addressed properly. Right. And and it's not as though there weren't any pitchers available the last two seasons. I mean, it could it could reasonably be argued that the money you went out and spent on Anthony Rendon would have been much better spent on on some kind of a, a, a top flight starting pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Is, is this season Albert Pujols' last season or not? Uh, I, I don't know. I remember his wife posted something uh, that seemed to insinuate that this was going to be his last season, but. And then like uh, he redacted then, it. Didn't yeah. He? Then, then kind of walked it back. So, I mean, I, it's, isn't it the last year of his contract? I think so. So, yeah, I mean, in, unless he's willing to come back and and I don't know, maybe take like a one million dollar one year deal with the Cardinals just so he can retire in their jersey or something like that. Uh, I, I think this is his last year. I mean, the man's got nothing left to prove. He's one of he's one of the best pure hitters that we've ever seen right. you know, I mean, in our was, lifetime. He was the most feared hitter in baseball for the better part of a decade yeah there aren't a whole lot of guys who can say that no no there's not hey uh the angels also picked up old friend kurt suzuki yeah so uh so i mean they have a good lineup they have a good they have they have good fielders they have a decent bullpen maybe yeah but their starting pitching is just trash. So Well, I, I think I made the comment last year that, you know, the Angels are gonna win some games, but the final scores are gonna be like ten to eight. Right, right. Like they I don't know, their their floor, uh I, I could see them being as bad as a last place finish. Their ceiling, I, I don't think they could finish any better than third. 
yeah, I, I I definitely don't see them getting past either Houston or Oakland at this point. I think third is their absolute max. Yeah, so um, moving to last year's third place finisher, the Seattle Mariners. Surprisingly. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> a team, I, I have to, I'd have to go back and check the tape, but I think I fin- picked them to finish last. Uh, yeah, probably. And and they really they didn't do a ton this off season, uh, in the way of adding or subtracting for that matter. Um, the the wait wait, wait. you mean to tell me that the Mariners didn't do anything? Yes. What? <laughs> Shocking, no. I know. Uh, they they did bolster their bullpen to an extent, adding Ken Giles. Uh, and they they added a little bit to their rotation, depending on which version of him you get. But they got James Paxton back. Um, they the the only notable loss was uh, was relief pitcher Carl Edwards Jr., uh, who's having a, a great spring training for the Braves. So <laughs> NASCAR jokes abound. Um, Carl, good to see you. <laughs> Oh man, um, it's gonna keep so making yeah, that d- joke. Once again, I have no clue what to expect out of the Mariners this year. Uh, uh, much, much like Angels, I, I wouldn't be surprised with with anything between third and fifth place. I think it's fifth place. Really? Because what? Well, because wasn't you think the Mariners are worse than the Rangers this year? Well, no, but didn't the Mariners have some kind of some kind of funky schedule thing happen last year, kind of similar to the Marlins that kind of helped them stay closer to the top throughout uh, the year? Uh, it's possible. I'm, like, I'm, like, block, like, I'm blocking most of 2020 out of my mind at this point. Like I feel like there was a situation where they, like, similar to the Marlins, they missed like well over a week of schedule, and it just kind of held them in limbo for an amount of time that you know actually help them out in the long run hmm. except the marlins are actually good so the mariners are not yeah well th- this is where it starts to get interesting cam yes. so we're moving on to the second place finisher in the al west from last year the houston astros who made a run to the alcs despite their second place finish yeah so houston astros finished with a 29 and 31 record last year finishing seven games behind first place Slowly but surely, the cracks are showing in the once mighty Houston Astros. Uh, I, I just it it still bothers me to to have a team with a losing record making the postseason. Yeah, that was weird. That and and that was the main thing that people said whenever the expanded playoffs were announced. That you know we're gonna end up getting somebody in there that has a losing record, and sure enough, it happened. Yeah, and and these last two teams we're talking about for the AL West probably had the most consequential moves of the offseason. Uh, so the Astros got a little bullpen help, adding Pedro Baez, getting him from the Dodgers. Uh, they brought back Michael Brantley, uh, which was a great move for them. Uh, and they brought in starting pitcher Jake Odorizzi. Um, but on the flip side, they lose relief pitcher Roberto Osuna and two outfielders in Josh Reddick and George Springer being the kind of marquee departure for them. Yeah, yeah. So this season is going to be interesting for Houston. Uh, for one, fans are going to be back in the stadium, so we get to enjoy that. Uh, but bottling it up for a year. <laughs> but two, 
they're losing a lot of their core guys after this year, or at least a lot of contracts are up after this season. So, you know, we've already seen Springer leave. Uh, we saw Josh Reddick leave. They managed to get Michael Brantley back, but there's a lot of guys' contracts coming up at the end of this season. The Houston Astros, as we know them, may look quite a bit different next year. Yeah, they, they are certainly a team on the decline. That's not to say that they couldn't make any noise this year. They, they certainly could, but they uh, uh, I think we're, we've seen the beginning of the end for the Astros. Yep, yep, I agree. So moving on to the 2020 AL West Division champion, Oakland Athletics. Next up, uh, Poundtown. What? Did you just say next stop pound town? Yeah, it's a it's a Dallas great. It, it's a it's a Dallas Braden thing. Is is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Any, oh. Anytime anytime he talks about like the athletics on Twitter or whatever, it's always next stop pound town. That is news to me i had no idea oh god so oh, all right cam take us to pound town <laughs> that's that sounds incredibly dirty <laughs> oh my god we're killing alex <laughs> oh that's too much fun all right talk about the athletics dude i'm dying all right athletics uh finished last season with a 36 and 24 record uh, on top of the, the AL West division and didn't do as much in the postseason as we maybe thought they would. No, I'm sorry. I'm still laughing about pound town. Um, it was a disappointing finish for the athletics, uh, who definitely had aspirations of going much further than the, the ALDS, um, brought in a little bit of help. Got, uh, got Mitch Moreland to, uh, back up, uh, back up first base there. Got it. Got relief pitcher Trevor Rosenthal to fill the void left by the departing Liam Hendricks. Uh, that's brought... that's an interesting one. It to is. Me. It that is. is a very interesting move to me. Um, brought in uh, Jed Lowry for some infield depth. Also uh, picked up Elvis Andrews via trade. Um, the losses are a little bit bigger. Uh, lost, lost infielder Tommy LaStella, who had a fantastic year for them last year. Yes, uh, he did. Lost starting pitcher Mike Miner, who they picked up at the trade deadline from Texas. Uh, as I just mentioned, lost Liam Hendricks and uh, and lost shortstop Marcus Simeon to the Toronto Blue Jays. So, um, yeah, the more more harm than good done to the uh, the Athletics roster this offseason, it seems, than... Uh, and then it's going to be tough for them to hold off the Astros for first place. I I think so, but part of me just feels like the Athletics are still just the better team than Houston. Um, I could end up being wrong about that. We'll see, but I, I don't know. I, Oakland is, is one of those teams that I really just want to see do well. You yeah. know? Yeah, they're an easy team to root for. They really are. They're they're a very fun team. That offense is bananas. Um, they, they play they play in an absolute dump. Uh, their their owners won't spend a ton on salary. As I mean, they made a freaking movie about it. They're um, they're not they're they're in a community that's not the glitz and glamour of Los Angeles or 
Or even know, San Francisco, for that matter. Yeah, or San Francisco, exactly. They're literally across the bay from San Francisco, and that's like a derogatory like way of speaking in they that They might area. as well be on another planet from, yeah. from San Francisco. Yeah. Like, like, and, o- and Oakland, Oakland is a working-class community. Like, it's, such, it, it's a, it really is a great fan base. And, yeah. and want to see that team do well for their fans. Because uh, their fans just deserve so much better than they've gotten over the years. Like they deserve a new stadium, uh, they deserve some some good postseason finishes, um, and just haven't gotten it. Also, they've got one of the coolest color schemes in all of sports. Like that, I really like the uh, the the yellow and green. Yeah, it's it's that's a good look, especially when they do their their bright green tops. Like. Yeah, in recent years, they've kind of gone to like a darker green. Um, or if you remember the uh, Jason Giambi years, you know, where they kind of had the, the white top with the A, you know, crest on the on the right side of the of the uh, jersey. Yeah. You know, those those are nice. But those throwback Oakland A's uniforms are so great. Like, they're just a fun team. They really are. Yeah. So. All right, so moving on from there, we're going to the National League West, starting with the 2020 last place finishers, the Arizona Diamondbacks. And when you hear some of these names that I mention as uh, as key arrivals, um, you will be probably as underwhelmed as I was when I was researching this. Uh, so they added relief pitcher Anthony Swarzak uh, from, from the old friends list. Yeah, I had a relief pitcher, Tyler Clippard, relief pitcher, uh, Joe Kim Soria, uh, an infielder as Drupal Cabrera. So uh, they are collecting aging names that you've heard once upon a time. Yeah, they're not going to be very good this year either. No. Um, I, I think they probably still are the last place team, although the Rockies are trying their best they to, really uh, are. <laughs> to get that title. I, yeah, I don't know. They might finish in fourth, but this is just going to be a team that outside of Madison Bumgarner, what other notable names do you see on that team? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like, yeah. I mean, Cattell Marte, but how much longer is he going to be in Arizona? with the way things are going. Like there's going to be somebody to trade for him if he keeps playing as well as he has. Right. And, and and I think that's something you see this year. Like anybody who performs a little bit well is going to be on the trading block at the deadline for the, the diamondbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. They're not going to be very good. It's going to be either fourth or fifth, fifth place for the snakes. (laughs) Yeah. Don't, no step on snack. Um, all right, moving on to the 2024th place finishers, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, we got key arrivals for them: C.J. Crone and pitcher Derek Rodriguez. Uh, that that's the best I could come up with, Cam. Poor C.J. is going to be in the bathroom for all those games, though. <laughs> what? His last name's Crone. Wow. Oh. God, Cam. I'm sorry, I'm tired. I'm so sleepy. That's uh that wasn't necessary. <laughs> You're not necessary. Uh, that's true. Okay. Um key departures. Uh Ooh, boy. Outfielder, outfielder Kevin Pillar. 
Uh, first baseman, Daniel Murphy. Uh, outfielder, Matt Kemp. Um, and I think that was it. That was it. That was it, right? No. Wait, who? Wait, what? Who else did they lose? I mean, yeah. They only traded away the you know, best third baseman, you know, of, of Nolan this. freaking Arenado, after signing him to a monster contract, paid the St. Louis Cardinals crazy money to take him off their hands. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. <laughs> I feel so bad for Rockies fans like they just they must be in hell right now. Like that's 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 I mean, a team like they're they're they could average below ten thousand a game in attendance. And they and it happened. I swear it happened at least twice over the last I don't know eight to ten years where it looked like the Rockies were gonna try to make a run at it. Like they you know there was there was that one year where they um they beat the Cubs in the uh, one game playoff. I believe that was twenty eighteen. And then, uh, I mean, when they signed Arenado to that deal, it looked like it was signaling to the league, like, hey, we we are serious about this. We're going to make the additions this team needs. And then that was it. They were like, all right, we signed Arenado. We're done. Yeah. Are you happy now? (laughs) Well, and then now you got the Trevor Story situation. That is like, it's just going to, it feels like it's starting to play out the exact same way. Yep. Which, if Trevor Story is smart, he does not sign a contract with them. Absolutely. Well, I mean, he could and and could still get traded the next year. Um, (laughs) And, and, yeah, I mean, you got to feel for guys like Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman. Like, they're just, they're just stuck there. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Blackman. Man, forgot about Charlie Blackman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Chuck Nasty. Chuck Nasty. What a great nickname. It is kind of cool. All right, on to the 2023rd place finishers in the NL West. The San Francisco Giants brought in infielder Tommy Listella, starting pitcher Anthony. Oh boy. Desclafini? Desclafini? I don't know. Anthony, difficult last name. Desclafini. <laughs> and brought in starting pitcher Alex Wood. So really some some solid additions from the Giants. Um, the major losses they had were relief pitcher Tony Watson, uh, starting pitcher Drew Smiley, who was uh, signed out of free agency by the Atlanta Braves, and uh, relief pitcher Trevor Cahill, a former Brave. Yeah, so... Um... The Giants, the Giants finished with a 29 and 31 record last year. So an overachieving Giants team. Very much so an overachieving old Giants team, but for whatever reason, that seems to keep working. Now I don't think it'll work, you know, as well I as. I feel like they've been an old team for the last 15 years. They have. I mean, well, I, I think part of that is just because you saw practically the same team win three World Series, you know, in five years. So it felt like Ugh, these guys again, you know. Right. I I think they'll they're not going to be horrible. They're not going to be great. I think they are a third place team again in the West. Like that's just how they're going to play out. They're going to be a team that you know 
in a three-game series is probably going to take at least one from you. Or don't be surprised if they actually do take two out of three from you, just if they're clicking that weekend. You know, I think that's just the team that the Giants are going to be this year, but I don't think by any means are they a playoff contender. No, no. I mean, I, I think if they have the same finish they had last year, which was third place, like that's that's a successful season for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a weird situation. Like you almost have to finish in third place because you can't allow yourself to finish behind the Rockies or the Diamondbacks as well as as uh, and and you can't finish ahead of the Padres and Dodgers. So right they they are. I think we can write it in pen. They will finish in third place. Yeah. Yep. I, I think that is a solid pick. So when the San Francisco Giants uh, win the division this season, know that it is our fault. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm. I, I've, it's been so nice not having the the Giants winning. Like I I I hated the Giants when yeah. they were winning. Yeah. I, I just think the worst. Yeah. They they were. They were. That that was a sad, miserable time in baseball. It was. It was like the Giants and the Cardinals every year. Like, who cares? <laughs> All right. Moving on to uh, arguably the two most exciting off-seasons of, uh, of 2020-2021. Uh, we're going to the second place uh, finishing San Diego Padres. Uh, they made it to the National League Division Series last year, losing to the to the Los Angeles Dodgers. But they decided that that was uh, that was the opening of their window. And man, did they go out and make some moves this offseason? Yeah. Headlined, headlined by relief pitcher Mark Melanson. My goodness. What what a coup for the San Diego Padres. Yeah. Did they do anything else? Uh, I mean, you bolster your bullpen. I mean, that's that's a good off season. <laughs> but yes, they did make plenty of moves. They uh they they retained uh, utility man Jerickson Profar, brought in starting pitcher Joe Musgrove, starting pitcher Yu Darvish, starting pitcher Blake Snell, catcher Victor Caratini, and signed infielder. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this name. Ha Sung Kim. Yeah. Who is probably the most highly touted international prospect coming into Major League Baseball this year. <laughs> and so they lost, what, Mitch Moreland, Trevor Rosenthal, Zach Davies. Yep, yep, that's, that's pretty much it. Ah, uh, oh boy. And, um, they, and they signed uh, Tatis to the largest contract in the, the history of the universe. So... That is a like that is one of the better off seasons I think we've seen in a while. It's it's insane. Like <laughs> I don't know where I don't know where all this money came from. I, I don't know how all of these deals were able to get worked out without giving up any of your top three or four prospects. And yet, I don't think it's enough. <laughs> it's, yeah, I know it's so like. Weird. And, <laughs> Like and, Padres, and that's not and that's not Padres a slice of them. No, it's not. The Padres are stacked and they are a scary team. But then we have to move on and talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> the Dodgers, of course, uh, beat our Braves in the National League Championship Series and went on to win the World Series. 
Um, and all they did uh, was add Cy Young Award winner Trevor Bauer uh, and bring back Justin Turner and relief pitcher Blake Trainin. Uh The only players they lost were Alex Wood, Pedro Baez, Kike Hernandez, and Jock Peterson. Is... <sighs> And, and you know, I'm, I'm saying this objectively, and obviously I know you have to play out the season, see how things work out. Is this the best team we've seen in a while that has the best chance to go back-to-back? Uh, I, I mean, so. like, think, think about the 18-19 Astros. Like, you know, but then, you know, Houston loses the World Series to Washington. Uh, I mean, they're... They're so far and away the favorites to win the World Series going into 2021. I, I it's just, and they got better. Like, they, yeah, like, I mean, on paper they've gotten better. So, so for a rotation, we're talking about Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, David Price. Like, what? What? How many Cy Youngs are on this team? Like, I think that's. That's at least five Cy Young awards in their rotation, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's bonkers. Yeah, but I mean, I, I will say that the the 19 games that the Dodgers and Padres play each other this season is going to be appointment TV. Like, oh yeah, you know, th- those games are going to have to be watched. Yeah. Um, because it's going to be phenomenal baseball. I, you know, I, I, like I said, I still think the Dodgers are the better team, but it's going to be phenomenal watching these two teams duke it out all season. And on top of that, when, like we talked about last week, the 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 hate between Dodgers fans and Padres fans is very very real. Oh boy, is it! So so add to that the fact that these are arguably uh, two of the three or four most stacked lineups that we've seen for for got five plus years um and and it's it's just going to be a powder keg over there uh in in the nl west it's it's really going to be god it's gonna it's gonna lead to many tired mornings at work because i'm going to be staying up late to watch a lot of west coast baseball this year yeah yeah i mean it's going to be really fun to watch and i'm i can imagine they're going to get quite a few i haven't seen the schedule i don't even know if the schedule's been released but i can imagine they're going to get quite a few sunday night primetime games oh they they have to i mean every game those two teams play against each other had better be on national television yes yep so i mean dodgers are still a team to be in the west but the Padres are going to make quite a bit of noise this year because that, that is also a very scary team. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I can't wait to see what happens there. I think uh, I, I'm, I, I got to go the safe route and say the Dodgers are going to win the division. It's, it's almost impossible to pick against them, though if it were a matter of preference, I would love to see the Padres dethrone the Dodgers and have the – the the Ronald Acuna versus Fernando Tatis Jr. showdown in the in the NLCS. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, oh, man, be so much fun. And lead to the end of the of the the cordial relationship that that Braves fans and Padres fans have online. Oh yeah, because uh, we played them a couple times this year, so um, they're the meme wars are gonna be excellent. Oh, it's gonna be legendary. So good. So, so good. 
All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. For Cam, I'm Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode. Bye! With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.